everyone, and welcome back to the Born For This podcast. Today, we have a special treat, which I think I say every week, but that is okay. We have the lovely Jocelyn J. Jones. Welcome, Jocelyn. Hey, Clarissa. Thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to be with you. I'm so pumped up because for those of you that don't know, um, Jocelyn, this is not our first podcast together. Jocelyn actually has her own podcast that she runs and I have been a guest for her. And so this was just really fun to like flip the script and be like, oh, it's my turn. <laughs> like, I'm going to put you in the hot seat today. Yes. Yeah. So for, for people that don't, you know, really know either of us, maybe um, I, I have to share how you and I met because I just feel like it's such a moment of God just showing up and giving us the people that we need the most in, in the perfect timing. Um, so Jocelyn and I had both joined the self-publishing school program, like I think within maybe a week or two of each other. And they were just strongly encouraging within this Facebook community that we were part of to, Hey, do you have an accountability partner? Like other than your, your book writing coach, you know, you got to have somebody that's got your back. That's going to push you when you're just struggling. And I'm like, I don't have one of those. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need one. It's fine. And then I think it was Jocelyn that you you posted that you were looking for somebody and I thought, well, okay, maybe like she looks cool. Like maybe maybe we'll chat. And then we just, man, we just hit it off. That first phone call was just fantastic of realizing that we're both believers and how we were both writing Christian based books and, and it would just, and then the friendship just grew from there. But one thing that I found particularly interesting and so just made me understand how full of faith you were and your, your trust in God was, you know, I'd asked, we were talking about what we do for a living and you're like, uh, girl, I'm like running a 90 day race. I quit my job and I'm publishing a book in 90 days, like no matter what. And are you coming along for the ride? <laughs> and so I just, I wanted you to talk a little bit about what that was like for you in kind of giving up everything in the, in order to pursue writing your book and then starting these other ministries that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Well, let me first put out a disclaimer that I'm not recommending that anyone who wants to write a book just quits their job randomly. It definitely <laughs> has to be something that the Lord tells you to do. Appreciate and, that disclaimer. <laughs> yes. Please don't come here and just say, "I'm Jocelyn told me to quit. I didn't say that. But I, I really do believe that it was God's timing for me to leave my previous position that I loved and worked at for over 11 years. I worked at a youth center and I believe that God does have assignments for us, but when it's time for us to leave that assignment, we need to listen. And so my assignment was up last, last June and I, I made the leap of faith because I didn't have any other income coming in. I said, I'm going to step away and start working on my full-time ministry. And I, I want to write a book because I know people need to hear this message. And so when I stepped away, I was all in. There was no turning back. And it gave me the opportunity to really focus on hearing from God. I think sometimes our lives can be so cluttered, which mine was very cluttered prior to leaving my previous position, that even though I was doing work for God, I felt like I wasn't hearing from him. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just because I was so overwhelmed. And so having that quiet time to really reflect and focus in on writing was a blessing. And it allowed me, allowed me to meet people like you and to really 
be stretched and trust God. Because when you don't have the certainty of a nine to five and regular income coming in, you, you increase your faith. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. So you, you had said, you know, you're struggling to hear, hear the voice of God and, and really understand, I think how he was showing up for you. So how did you, how did you kind of reconcile that thought of, well, I'm not really hearing from God, something needs to change. And then, but then feeling like God was calling you to quit your job and write the books. I feel like that would be, that's kind of a point of confusion. I think for a lot of people is if they're feeling distant, like how do they know that they are doing God's will in, I don't know, maybe taking out some of the busyness in order to try and bring in more of him? That's a good question. I have been wrestling with what I was supposed to do next for about a year before I had clarity about leaving my job. And the only reason I had clarity about leaving was because I went on a fast. I had to shut things down because Mm. I had this tension in my, my spirit saying that I feel like it's time for me to move, but move to what? And Mm -hmm. I believe that sometimes we forget about the, the importance of fasting in our walk as believers. We, we know about prayer. We know about study. uh, We know about giving, but fasting is something that the Bible talks a lot about and being able to separate ourselves and really seek God's face and consecrate ourselves uh, so that we can hear that still small voice was something that I had to do because I felt lost. And after a week of fasting, that's when God revealed to me bits and pieces, I call it breadcrumbs of what I was supposed to do next, in which I just continue to kind of walk day by day to learn more. And eventually my ministry became clear and I I realized, yes, I, I need to write a book to accompany all the things that are coming out of my ministry. So it was only after I, I forced myself to be still that I was able to hear from God and, and had clarity about, yes, I have to move forward and step out and do this. And because I knew it was him, I had peace about the decision, even though it was risky to do. Yeah, that's a big leap of faith. One of my, one of my friends says, you know, it's, she just calls it jumping without a net. And that's, that's what it felt like, you know, when you're like, okay, God, I'm going to give it all to you. And let's just, let's just jump off into the deep end and see what happens. Yeah, you got it. So tell me more about your ministry, um, Faith on the Journey. Yeah. So Faith on the Journey, I got that name because I call myself a recovering perfectionist and I struggle with just being okay with me being under process and not being perfect in the mistakes that I have made and the mistakes that I'll continue to make. It was an interview I heard someone speak on where they talked about how they weren't upset or regretting anything from their past because it was a part of their process of learning and helped to shape them to be the person that they are today. And when I heard them say that, that was a shift for me because there were things that happened in my past that I was embarrassed about and I wish I could go back and change, at least at that point. But when I heard that interview and I really thought about it, I said that the mistakes that I've made have really helped to shape my character and get me to the point where I am. So maybe if I had learned it an easier way or just listened to some advice, 
maybe it could have went that way. But regardless, I think that the mistakes that I've made in my past have made me more compassionate towards people, mm-hmm. more relatable, and it's launched me and propelled me into ministry. And so, no, I don't regret the mistakes that I've made on my journey. They've helped to increase my faith on my journey of life. And so that propelled me to start doing work where I empowered other individuals to say, yeah, you might have made some mistakes and you know, you might be under process just like all of us, because that's right. really the case. But you're you're still moving forward on this journey. And this is some things, whatever happened to you in your past can increase your faith and God can use those things. And so that's the, the story behind the name. But as things have evolved, I really honed in on the idea of helping people during the most difficult times of their lives to understand that God is still faithful and God is a healer and God will help them to get through. And so this ministry focuses a lot on people in their pain, whether it's current pain or past pain that they have yet to deal with because they've buried that pain. Mm -hmm. And I call on people to say, we need to talk about these difficult subjects that no one wants to talk about, even in the church, because even though they're hard to talk about, if we continue to bury them, keep it a secret and just act like everything's okay when it's really not, we're never really going to heal. And so the ministry is all about healing, all about helping people to understand that they're not alone on their journey and in everything, God can still restore you, renew you, cleanse you and heal you. Yes. And amen. It sounds like you just want to help pull people out of that place of shame, you know, cause when you're that, that part that you're describing of, just hiding, you know, hiding under that mask of perfection or under that need to be the perfect Christian or whatever that looks like, there can be so much shame that that comes up through that. And you think, oh, well, if I'm a, if I'm truly going to be a good Christian, then I, I'm not allowed to sin, which we all know is so false. <laughs> and, and so to, to really bring a lot of these obstacles to light helps people to live more fully, more authentically and embrace those challenges that are on their faith journey. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I think that the shame that you mentioned is something that many of us struggle with. And it's just because we've been taught, like you mentioned, that we're supposed to have it together. Mm-hmm. And because no one's talking about their struggles, what's happening in their closet or behind closed doors, we feel isolated when we go through, when we fall short. And this is something where we have to remind people that Jesus paid the, the price already for us on the cross. He died knowing that we were going to sin, we were going to mess up, but he loved us that much that he would have died just for you, Clarissa, Mm -hmm. just like he would have died just for me. And in that understanding and embracing God's love and what he's already done, the, the gift of freedom that he offers us, we can find hope in that and we can move forward understanding that there's no sin that can't be covered by God's grace and mercy. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's something where I I really focus a lot on helping people to get beyond the shame and the condemnation that the devil likes to put and throw upon us. Oh my gosh. Yes. That devil can just lock those chains around us and bringing in that, that trust in God and, and being reminded of his faithfulness and his salvation. That's where those chains get broken and really life truly starts being able to be lived. 
Yes. Um, yes. So I want, oh, I just want the listeners to know more about your book that you just wrote so incredibly quickly. And I was impressed because you and I were on the same track and, and I did not <laughs> complete mine in the same time frame as you. I was like, girl, I don't know how you're doing this. So uh, this book is definitely a godsend, I know, to a lot of people and very much a part of his will for your life. So your book called Breaking the Power of the Mask, tell us more about that and, and how that's a really, it's a very strong title. So I want to know how you came about creating that. Yeah. Well, it, it came from the, the understanding that so many people have been keeping their stories hidden. And it's not because they necessarily wanted to, but it was a number of factors. Sometimes people are told, you do not air your dirty laundry outside or what yeah. happens in this house stays in this house. So at an early age, they're taught that or being conditioned by even the church to say, you don't respond by saying that you're struggling because that seems like you have a lack of faith. No, mm -hmm. your response is I'm too blessed to be stressed. Right. You're lying. <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> right. Come on yeah. now. Like, let's, let's be honest. We're dealing with stuff. And so we've been conditioned, not from, from just the church or just family, but even social media where we see everybody and selfie and selfies and living their best life. We've been conditioned to believe that we're supposed to present our best selves to the world all the time and deny that we to struggle. We put on this mask, we front mm -hmm. and underneath this mask, we have unresolved issues that need tending to. So, it's unfortunate that even beyond just public persona, people wear masks in their most intimate relationships around their, their spouses, their close friends and, and family members. People don't allow others to see them in a vulnerable, vulnerable state because it's scary. Mm -hmm. and people are afraid to be judged. And so what the book is about is saying, okay, we've all been conditioned to wear this mask. However, that's happened to you, however you've been taught, it's just our society tells mm -hmm. us this. And so we need to get to the point where we're willing to remove the mask, the power that this mask has over us, and really understand what's going on underneath. Because mm -hmm. th these unresolved issues of, Unforgiveness, which is something I talk about in the book, shame, uh, grief and loss, abandonment, all these things that we're dealing with and that cause us pain. Even if you've buried it from years ago, it's still there. It's mm -hmm. still affecting how you live your life. And as you mentioned earlier, a lot of people are walking around in change, uh, chains, in bondage because they they have not dealt with these issues. So the book brings those issues to the forefront and I try to do it in a way that's delicate, but real. Mm -hmm. And I, I speak to some mental health concepts in the book, but it's really spirit led, led. This book is a Christian book that ties everything back to God, because even though we can use mental health principles at the end of the day, God uses those those resources as tools, but God mm -hmm. is the, the source of healing. And so that's something I teach in the book. But at the end of the book, as I walk you through the process of beginning to dig at those layers of pain that have been buried for so long, then I talk about the process of actually experiencing healing, creating community so that you can move forward and experience freedom and joy that belongs to us as believers and children's mm -hmm. of God, children of God. 
Hey friends, so I had to interrupt this episode to give a shout out to our partner today. We are doing things a little bit differently on the Born for This podcast. Instead of having weekly sponsors, I'm having weekly episode partners who are other creators who have positively impacted my life. Today's episode partner is Wonderfully Made Art. Now my friend Josie uses her God-given talents to create amazing watercolor, line art, and calligraphy pieces. One of my absolute favorite purchases was a custom design that incorporated a variety of gorgeous succulents that she made for my goddaughter's baptism gift. I was blown away by what she was able to make and how quickly my order was delivered. Head on over to her Instagram, give her a follow, and use the code BORNFORTHIS and receive 10% off your first purchase. That's Wonderfully Made Art, W-A-N-D-E-R-F-U-L-L-Y-M-A-D-E dot A-R-T. Now let's get back to our chat. And I love how you mention that healing is a combination of belief in God and, you know, allowing him to heal those, those broken parts of our hearts, but also that you acknowledge that mental health professionals are so vital in, in a lot of people's heal, healing journeys or faith journeys in the fact that sometimes like, you know, that you're not right. Like, you know, that something is feeling off or you've got some depression, some anxiety, some kind of trauma, but you don't know what to do with it. And it's not, sometimes things are, are a little bit easier to say, okay, God, take this. And I'm going to surrender this to you, whether it be, you know, kind of a smaller worry or, or something like that. But when you're talking about a big trauma that someone's experienced, you know, it's not as easy as just saying, okay, I know that this happened to me and here you go, God, take it. And then like a snap of a finger, like God's not that magic genie that will just grant three wishes. And then all of a sudden you'll be, you'll be good to go. And so I love that, that you, you preach such a combination of healing through the, through the spirit, you know, and in your faith and also utilizing the resources that are out there because they are abundant. And I love that you are contributing to that resource avenue for a lot of people and something that that's coming up a lot for my clients and within my own church community is you know, death right now. Like I know that COVID is, is going on and that's stressful for a lot of people and we're all dealing with things differently and healing differently. It just doesn't, nothing looks the same, um, this year as it normally would. And so I'm wondering, um, what your thoughts are on, on what makes the loss that people are experiencing right now during COVID different than the type of loss that you would experience before COVID happened? Yeah, that's a really good question, Clarissa. Well, the thing is, prior to COVID, there were ways that we would deal with grief and loss. And one huge way that many of us would find support is through community. Mm -hmm. We would be able to come together with people, embrace each other warmly, that hug, that touch. Many of us have a love language of touch that has been stripped from us due to COVID and not being able to gather together during times of loss and also the fear factor that has trickled in for many of us to even be around or assemble, it, it makes things more challenging mm-hmm. for people. I also believe that many people have experienced back-to-back losses during COVID. So one loss of whether it's a loved one or loss of a business or what loss of your church community, if you will, one of those losses can be a heavy burden mm-hmm. on someone and 
can and cause someone to experience significant grief. But when you have back-to-back losses in a very finite period of time, mixed with a number of other people experiencing that same amount of loss or something similar as well, the amount of support that you would get might not be the same because mm-hmm. other people are also dealing with their thing. But the other piece of it is you never really have a chance to mourn one loss before you experience another loss. Mm -hmm. And so that complicates things for someone who is trying to grieve because they might get to the point where they're a just trying to hold whatever's left together. So you you're saying, okay, I just experienced this loss of a loved one, but my business is collapsing I don't even have a chance to mourn this loss of someone who I love because I'm trying to figure out how we're going to pay this mortgage. We're going to, you know, deal mm-hmm. with all these other things. I'm, I'm trying to homeschool my kids. And so we have all these other things and responsibilities that are now shifting towards us that we don't have the proper t- time to mourn. Mm-hmm. And so I've heard many people say COVID grief is different than mm-hmm. any other grief because the dynamics that are in play right now are so significant and yes. are hitting people from so many different lenses. And I also realize that sometimes the losses that people have experienced, they don't even acknowledge or realize that they're grieving those those losses because we tend to sometimes compare ourselves to others by saying, well, the loss that I experienced is not as bad as theirs. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay. And we just say, it's not that big of a deal. But I, I really want to share with people that every loss that you experience is valid Mm -hmm. and you deserve the right to be able to grieve that. So acknowledging that even though it might be quote unquote small to you um, in the big scheme of thing or in comparison to someone else, maybe not. It's, mm-hmm. it's, still, it's still valid and it still deserves to have time to, to be grieved. Yes, I agree. And I always tell my clients too, you know, there's always going to be somebody that's suffering more than you and somebody that's suffering less than you. And so that's, it's not productive at all to focus on who's, who's below you or above you and all around you. It's you got, you are brought on this journey for a reason. And I truly believe that God has so much purpose in everything that happens. And even like, he's going to use this COVID situation in some way. Like, I know it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to even say that out loud. Cause I'm like, okay, God, like show us how, <laughs> um, but I mean, you make such a, such a good point about the grief. You know, I think so many people are in survival mode that they think that it's not okay to pause and feel bad about something that somebody else might call trivial, but we can't judge what is, what's a big deal in someone else's life just because it wouldn't be so in ours. And I think that's such a good reminder right now. I think just in everyday life, that's a good reminder, but especially now with this added stress and anxiety and depression that is brought on by this COVID umbrella, as I like to call it, because it's just, it's hovering over absolutely everything right now. So true. Yeah. So you have a lot of different, you have, I feel like you wear a lot of different hats. You have your hand in a lot of different, (laughs) different um, activities right now within your business and your ministry. Um, What are some of the resources that you're offering through your ministry to support people as they're grieving or if, if someone is grieving? 
Yeah, so I have a couple different resources that we're offering. So the first one is available on our website. I wanted to put together a free tool for people. I call it a grief survival kit. And in this kit, I provide them with a free grief resource guide where it connects you with support groups and information that is free for you so that you can just get the the support that you need so you don't have to go Mm -hmm. through this grief journey alone. I also provide you with an excerpt, a free excerpt from my book on grief where it'll help you to really process some things. I put together a, a mini teaching series that I also included in this course for you. And by getting the the kit, by downloading this kit for free on our website, you'll also be a part of our community where I'm constantly sending you different resources and tools. So that's available at faithonthejourney.org. And then the other resource that I would like to mention is I also am a facilitator with the Trauma Healing Institute. And right now, I'll be rolling out several uh, classes for church leaders, and this can be a lay leader as well. Anyone who is someone who would like to really help people in this area of grief and loss or dealing with trauma as relates to COVID, I am rolling out a course to help people to facilitate trauma healing groups. Mm -hmm. And the trauma healing groups are pretty much Bible studies that help you to address trauma with the members of your church. And this is something that we'll be able to do for people virtually. So if you are someone who really wants to be able to help other individuals as it relates to trauma, grief, loss, and some of the things that we're experiencing, that's something that's also available through our ministry to train you up so you can help others. Oh, that's awesome. I love that you are offering some resources that are free because I know that there's a lot, there's a lot of good materials out there, but not everybody can afford some extras right now. So, but it's so needed. So I love that you are being a part of that and just wanting to really build people up right now when so many of us feel so incredibly beat down. Uh, yeah, we have to, we have to do this work alone. We're not meant to carry our burdens alone. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Clarissa. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that having a, a strong community with the same mindset where, you know, healing is the goal and doing that with within Christian values and within, you know, the trauma recovery mindset, it's so important to getting to that healing because we all need to feel validated in, in our grief and in our loss and understand that, okay, I'm not crazy for feeling this way or this, it's okay that I feel overwhelmed by, by this or that. And that I'm not alone because, you know, so many people are feeling overwhelmed and they're questioning everything because it's something that they wouldn't normally be overwhelmed by. And so it's just, it's been a big, I feel like 2020 is a big year of discovering (laughs) where our breaking points are. And I just can't, I can't thank you enough for providing resources and, and not only, you know, the course, but also within your book of just a lot of validation and a lot of understanding extended to people that may not otherwise have it. So I love that. And I love that you're building communities for people to get engaged with each other. So important. Amen. Amen. I just want to thank you, Jocelyn, for coming on and just speaking about how the Lord is, is working in your life. And I think, I, you know, my, my final question, I believe for you today is 
have you noticed a change in the way that God is speaking to you? Because it seems like it was kind of a more of a leap of faith. And I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, and, and trying to hear his voice through fasting and, and prayer has that since you quit your job and, and totally shifted gears, have you heard a shift in, in his voice in the way that he speaks to you? Yes. I, I think that daily I have to seek God because there's, there's been moments where I felt like I wasn't hearing from God again, even when I was out here doing this full-time ministry, because I got so consumed with what I need to do. I need to make this happen. I need to do this. And God had to remind me, this is my ministry. This, Mm -hmm. this is, I'm using you as a tool. You need to seek me. You can try to figure this out on your own. Good luck with that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I realized I'm like, okay, let me pull this back in. And I've, I've seen so many amazing believers step out and do great things. But at some point down the road, they got, they lost sight of who was giving them the means to do all this and started trying to do things in their own strength. Mm -hmm. And so I seek to be as conscious about that as possible to try to say, you know what, God, I need you in all of this. Please order my steps. And being humble about this, understanding that the only way this is going to be successful, sustainable, and anointed and have God's power on it is if I lean uh, under God and I, I submit to his will. And so that's something that I don't want to act like I've arrived. I have to remind myself that daily to make sure that my heart stays in the right place and I don't lose focus on the reason why I started doing this in the first place, because it's not about glorifying me at the end of the day. It's about glorifying God. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think of that need for humility is so great because the second that maybe not the second, sometimes God lets us wander a little bit and, you know, hoping that we'll come back and find our way back to glorifying him. But I feel like, you know, whenever we, we step too far off course, we are very quick to be humbled again. And usually that's a painful, painful process to get your way back to humility. So I have to keep reminding myself like, okay, pride is not where we reside. This is not, this is not good. This is not going to be beneficial for anyone, especially, you know, why well, I, I selfishly, I want to say, especially me, because I know that it's going to cause more, more pain and grief for myself. So it's just so counterproductive. And so sitting in and abiding in humility is so life-giving and it really allows God to work and bring in other people around you too, that you partner with, that has other knowledge that maybe you wouldn't have, or, you know, I just feel like we are so abundantly blessed whenever we are sitting in that place of humility and and just above all else trying to glorify God and and his work that he's trying to do. So amen. Love that. Um, So what is the best place for the listeners to find you? Is that going to be on um, at faithonthejourney.org? Yeah, there's a couple places. So my ministry website where you can get all these resources and learn about our healing groups is faithonthejourney.org. So please go there, subscribe to our email list. So you'll be the first to know about different updates. If you want to learn a little bit more about me, then you can visit my personal website, which is jocelynjjones.com. Again, that's Jocelyn, (laughs) J-O-C-E-L-Y-N, jjones.com. And then I'm on different social media platforms. To follow me on Facebook, just go to connect with 
connect with Jocelyn and on social media, I'm my faith on the journey for Instagram. And then I also have a YouTube channel for faith on the journey. So I'm out here. You can see all our social media. Yeah. Yeah. Just go, (laughs) go to my website to make it short and you'll see all of our social media handles where you can follow me and stay connected. Perfect. And y'all her email list is popping. Let me just tell you that every, every email that comes through, I'm like, Ooh, got to click, got to click. What is it? (laughs) So y'all want to be a part of her email list because it is so good. So please sign up and follow her and just get dive into all of these resources that are available because you have been busy, busy at work. God has been busy with you, I think, in the last year. God has, God has, and God has with you too, Clarissa. And I, I thank you for this this podcast and what you're doing and the work that you've done with your book. I, I feel like we're going to always have a sisterly author connection because oh my we, gosh, we yes. did, you know, release our work at the same time. And we're, we're all about helping God's people. So mm-hmm. I just appreciate you having me on the show and allow me to be a part of your community. Oh, well, I just love you. You're my sister. So I always tell people that I love like, good luck getting rid of me. Cause like you can try, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> no so, worries. Oh man. So I just love that that we were able to connect today and just share about, I feel like it's so timely. Like God works all of this out in, in such a fortuitous way. So I know that whoever's listening today needs needed to hear what you had to say. So thank you so much for being here. And we're just so excited to see where the rest of your ministry goes and how God continues to show up and work in your life. Amen. Thank you, Clarissa. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Born for This podcast. I hope you join us for next week's episode. Please make sure you're subscribing and I would be honored if you would share this episode with your friends on social media. If you enjoyed our chat today, it would mean so much to me if you would leave a review and a rating so we can make this podcast visible to as many people as possible. As always, remember that you were chosen by God to be in this world for a specific reason. Whatever God is calling you to, I hope you know you were born for this.